All right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are above 500 for the first time in 2019. They have now won four games in a row, including the last three at home during that little three-game home stretch. And now they uh, will load up the buses and head to the Northwest uh, and uh, grab hold of a very important divisional game against the Cleveland Browns. You know the Browns, the Super Bowl champions on paper at the start of the year. They are now 3-6. and six. Uh, Joining me is Mr. Ben Anderson, and um, uh, just, just a real quick run through some things because of the short week. Uh, Mike Tomlin spoke yesterday rather than the usual Tuesday, uh, just some injury update things. Uh, James Conner looked was a full go today at practice. He looks to be a full go for the game on Thursday. Uh, Ramon Foster was back at practice today. He is through protocol, I do believe. And uh, on the downside, Rosie Nix is still dealing with a knee and is more than likely not going to play. Uh, Benny Snell still out after his uh, knee injury as well. And you got a couple of guys, uh, Ola Denny and uh, Chiquillo, dealing with some issues of their own uh, a hip and a back, or excuse me, hip and ribs, uh, respectively there. So that's just a little update on the latest stuff. Everybody else seems to be pretty healthy, other than the usual bumps and bruises that you get by the time you get to uh, the 11th week of the NFL season. But with that said, uh, Ben, I hope you are well tonight, and um what uh, uh, what was your thinking as you watched the Steelers' defensive performance? Uh, what, what, can you really think of the last time you saw a Steelers' defense play like that? Uh, it's been a while. I mean, I yeah. I, I look. I, there's still a lot more splash, yeah, on our defense than there is substance. You know, I it's mm-hmm. not, and I you know I, I I hate to say this, but there's a lot of nuance here. You don't have to be fully on board and think that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. God's gift or totally think they, well, they suck. It's just a mirage that it's not, that's not it. That's not the way it is. They're, they're a very talented unit, but I don't trust them yet to get a stop when they have to. And truly great defenses can do that. When they have to get a stop, they get a stop. What our defense does is they're opportunistic. They look for, opportunities to make a splash and when those opportunities are there they jump on them but they're not they're not a team that's going to line up on third and eight and definitely get the stop and Mm -hmm. and get off the field they're just they're not that unit yet uh that's not to say that they couldn't become that unit they're still a a young team a a young unit young defense at this point but um they're just not there in that capacity yet yeah i i think we also have to take into account too that you know they they played a Rams team that is clearly struggling offensively. Um, I, I will say this: I thought a that McVeigh went away from his running game uh, more more specifically Todd Gurley, uh, and, and then secondly, um, and I do credit the Steelers for this. I, I mean, to limit Cooper Cup to zero receptions right was absolutely stunning uh, um, more more importantly what what was truly impressive and and this goes against what i just said is yeah. the rams were one and one of 14 on third down okay but right. you know they also got an awful lot of conversions on first and second down via those long runs 
from Gurley. And if Gurley, Gurley's been on a pitch count all year. He's he's yeah. averaging like 15 touches per game. If he wasn't on that kind of a pitch count, I don't know that things would have worked out the way that they did. Um, you know, the defense was stellar. Mm-hmm. Three points. Yep. Yep. Three points. I mean, what more can you say? They they only allowed three points. The other 11 points were given up by, okay, nine points, were given up by the uh, the offense. And, you know, that, that that's really on them. Pouncey, <laughs> I don't want to say Pouncey twice, but it kind of was Marquise Pouncey twice. On the safety, it was really David DeCastro, but Pouncey had a shot at, at Donald when he broke mm-hmm. through the line. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really dumb play call. Absolutely, uh, that's where I was. Really go. stupid. You do not, you do not call a slow developing play action play when you're that you're inside your own five yard line. Yeah, much less on your two. That's it was just dumb. Yeah, and it, yeah, I mean, Donald saw an opportunity and he jumped at it. <laughs> He's like, okay, great, you're gonna give me this shot. I'm gonna get a safety, and he did. Um, it, it, yeah, the it, offense yeah. was not good and the defense was much better you know and uh, that's why you've got fans singing their praises and saying the offense sucks when we get to mason i'll tell you why i think he grew as a player this week i I really do yeah and and we will definitely get to him i i think that's part of what we do every week is we we talk about his progress and um you know just just (laughs) i don't want to spend too much time on it because he's not a stealer but aaron donald is um uh really wow. good i i mean <laughs> he, he he did some things to our offensive line uh, david DeCastro, who who's a pro bowler marquise pouncey who's a pro bowler it, he made those guys look absolutely horrendous at times and and it would have been real easy to go oh come on DeCastro, come on pouncey aaron donald is the best defensive lineman in the game and and i think we all saw why his strength his leverage Everything is just unbelievable in that guy. So I'll I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but but those guys have nothing to be ashamed of because he he is just a stud. Um, I, I I you know before we get into uh, uh, the offensive stuff, let, let's stay defensive here because this is something we were going to talk about last week. We got sidetracked, and uh, you know Bud Dupree. We know that he's making his nine million dollars this year, and and will become a free agent. He's clearly stepped up his game. Um, we we don't see those wide arcs out and around the quarterback as if he's heading over towards, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mount Lebanon or something like that to get the quarterback. Everything just looks so much better with him. He's making big plays. He's causing turnovers. He has a bull rush. Where did that bull rush come from? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he, he was manhandling Whitworth on Sunday. Yeah. And, and Whitworth's good. Big, strong, good. Yeah. Um, what, I, I know it's only week 11, but it, has he priced himself out now of Pittsburgh? If he um, keeps playing like this? Yeah. yeah. In my opinion, he has. I mean, and, and basically, you know, I, after this game, I kind of put him at Anthony Barr money, which is like 13 and a half, 14 million dollars a season. Yeah. Um, but if he keeps playing like this, you know, he could get more on the market and the Steelers aren't going to be able to yeah. match that they got to pay Watt, and they yeah, they yep. can't pay both guys 20 million dollars a year that, that just isn't possible you know you've, you've got to pay everybody else too and uh you know juju's about to to get in a 16 17 million dollar range himself yeah so it just it, it's not it's not 
practical, it's not feasible to keep everyone that you want to keep. It just doesn't work out that way. And honestly, it's one season, man. Do you really want to put big money on a guy who performed for one year? That's where I've been. Is there, look at the track record for teams that have done that. Things don't usually work out. And I get it. People are excited because Bud's finally performing to his perceived potential. But man, that's a big bet on a, on a guy who's performed for one year. And he, you know, I don't know, man. I'm not willing to take it. I I, I'm with you. We we've talked about this in our private conversations that it's great. I love seeing him improve. I love seeing this attitude. As you mentioned, he's developed a a bull rush. He's developed some other things. He's, he's almost a completely different player, but I I can't help but wonder if this is not just another one of these players that you have, I, uh, you and I have seen our entire lives who turn it on in that contract year and they get paid and then they just revert back to being kind of that guy that was supposed to be so good and just really isn't. And I I'm terrified of that. And that's just another reason why, you know, I, I, I don't think that, that it's a good, uh, a good idea to bring him back, especially if it comes back at the money that it's certainly looking like right now. Well, um, and here's, here's the know. flip side of that though. The, the yeah. other side of that argument is, you know, Bud finally has a, a different outside linebackers coach, True. Keith Butler. And, True. And Keith Butler has a very good resume as a linebackers coach. And this could be just one more guy that, you know, Butler brought to Mm -hmm. his potential. So that's the other side of it. And that's the risk of letting him leave. But honestly, if he keeps performing at this level, I don't think this is even a conversation. I I think he's gone. I don't think the Steelers are going to try and pay him as much as he can make on the market. So unless he wants to stay, for uh, you know a significant hometown discount, it's just not going to work out. I agree, and I, I also think it's important what you said about Keith Butler because you know, look, Joey Porter was a a guy that we we all rooted for. He he was that that guy that every def, great defense just had to have, and I, I don't know that he ever really did anything to impress me as an outside linebackers coach. Um, I didn't yeah. see, I didn't see a whole lot of growth in any of the guys that he coached. Um, and, and, you know, Keith Butler, as you said, a proven record of coaching up guys at that position. And he including takes over Joey. that this year. Yeah. Including himself. Yeah. Joey. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be fascinating, uh, if Dupree keeps, uh, this pace up, uh, for sure. Um, you know, also defensively too. I, I, I mean, I, I can't go through this podcast without mentioning Fitzpatrick again. And we, oh my God, we've we've beaten the dead horse. We we're we're in total agreement. This was like a great trade, and um, thank you to my. I, I don't want to say it was the greatest trade ever because that no, was definitely Bettis. That was Bettis. Getting yep. Bettis for a second was robbery. Yeah, uh, but getting Fitzpatrick for a, a one, I, I gotta tell you. I don't see any downside to this so far. I really do not. And the people who do, I, please tell me what you're thinking. Explain to me where you're coming from. I, you know, maybe there's something here I'm not seeing, but this guy has been stellar. <laughs> and the defense itself has been stellar. 
And, you know, it, it seems to all come down to communication in the back end at this point that's, that's improved so much. And the fact that he's so good at locating the ball in the air. Yeah. I mean, just, no. just look at the numbers since since the the first two games. And then when he came in at the San Francisco yeah. game, uh, you, you can't deny the the improvement. Um, and, and by the way, Miami winning a second straight game has now uh, uh, moved that pick. It, it would be the 20th pick right now. Um, so I know a lot of people were all upset about that, thinking that Miami would have two picks maybe in the top five. Um, if, if, uh, things, things went worse, so to speak, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Hey, it's, it's, as we get better, that pick, uh, um, changes. So I'm totally fine with it, but yeah, Fitzpatrick, just incredible ball skills, incredible anticipation. Uh, just, just, I don't know what more you could say about him. There's, there's just some, some great, great stuff out there to watch on him. And and he gives you really, the videos give you a really, really good example of, of how he sees the field. Um, we are Five of course picks in seven games, man. It, it is nuts. Yeah, he, he's what tied for the league lead already. I, I um, don't know, but the, the you know the guy has he has seven career interceptions, and five of them are in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you it, think it, that Miami maybe regrets the fact that they put him at slot corner instead of leaving him at his natural safe his natural free oh, safety position? Oh man, I mean. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, Flores is down there doing his Belichick imitation, and this is where you're going to play because this is what's blah, 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 blah. I don't care. He's a stealer. I, I love it. Uh, he, he seems to be enjoying his time in Pittsburgh. You guys seem to get along well with him, so let's just keep that train rolling. Um, we are, of course, presented to you by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh, where uh, you can get the brand new, it just was featured this Sunday, Brand new I Heart Football, and it's got a little hypocycloid inside the heart, black and gold shirt. Very cool, great shirt. And um, the uh, charity that is being benefited is the uh, Colette Louise Tisdall Foundation. Something to check out. Eight bucks from every shirt um, sold goes to that foundation. So please consider, as always, and thanks once again to 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. Um, okay, so I, I keep putting off Rudolph, and I'm going to do it one more time here, Ben, because I want to ask you, a lot of talk has come up in the last 48 hours. Mike Tomlin, uh, is he suddenly a coach of the year candidate in your opinion? No. Because? Because there's a whole lot of season left and a lot can happen. So <laughs> talking about coach of the year right now at the beginning of November is dumb. Sorry. <laughs> Well, it is, and it's just it's another sign of the um, knee jerk reaction uh, NFL society. Look, I mean, I, just society I'm, in general. I'm just yeah. gonna say this. I I know yeah. that that I I should be more patient about this argument that people have on social media about whether or not Tomlin is a good coach or a bad coach or should be fired. There's a whole lot of nuance in there. Mm. that people on both sides of this argument refuse to acknowledge, and that is true, okay? Mike mm-hmm. Tallman is a very good football coach who yeah. has deserved some criticism, okay? Yeah, yeah. You might be good at your job and not be perfect at it either, and you don't have people that show up at, your, at, at Walmart where you're working and go, you suck, you deserve to be fired, <laughs> you should be out of here. And and that's the thing that I don't think that people are really trying to wrap their arms around. They're just they've taken a position and 
They're going to dig their heels in, and no matter what, this is the way it is. And, you know, there's a whole lot of season left, and yes. all of you are going to have lots of time to gloat about how you were right on both sides of this argument, and you're both wrong. Well, you know, I, I first of all, I agree 100%. There are still seven games left in this season to be played. This team could all of a sudden lose to Cleveland, uh, uh, stub its toe against the Jets, and, and we're not even having this conversation anymore. At five and four, where we were, yes, he's. I think he and his staff have done a great job. I think the players need to be credited uh, with, with getting this thing back on track as well. You know, I, I will say, you know, I, I was ready after the Patriots' loss. I, I was ready to say, I think it's time for change. I, I just, I just felt that way. I, I feel better about Mike Tomlin today. It's not that I didn't think he wasn't a good football coach. I just think that 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 some ships had sailed, and maybe it was time. So I am impressed with this, but no, you don't. I don't start talking about coach of the year right now. I'll start talking about that if this team is sitting there at at let's say nine and six going into that final Baltimore game uh, in in Baltimore. You know, then then I'll talk about it if he gets them into the postseason. But you know, it, it's it's typical Monday morning chatter. You know, uh, Peter King was all over the Steelers this week, who and he hasn't said a word about them in the last six weeks. But hey, flavor of the month type thing. But that's the NFL, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's a league. We talk about this every year. It's a league where the landscape changes every four weeks. Yep. And right now, the Steelers are riding high. It's fantastic. It's great. I love it too. Sure. But enough with the hyperbole. Enough with the ha ha. I was right. Yeah, <laughs> you were right, and you were also wrong. And enough, enough. Okay, just. Just try and see that gray area. Try and see right. this for what it really is. Exactly. And yeah, fine. I get it. You're tired of people who, no matter what, trash Tomlin. And so you take in the opposite position and you just are gonna you're gonna jump on them now that you have an opportunity to do so. Fine, great. I get your frustration. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. basically what you gotta do is ignore those people or be willing to acknowledge where they're right and point out where they're wrong. And yep. most people in this argument can't do that for some reason. They just can't see both sides of the argument. And it's not even that difficult. I mean, God. no, I, I mean, one thing I know is that people hate facts. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, right. You know, <laughs> they, they, they hate to have facts uh, thrown into an argument because then it, it takes away their their shouting, screaming yelling and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like, basically oh, what, it, what it comes down to, Mark, is people yeah. people who want to believe in Tomlin do so because they have faith, because yeah. they, have, they have a feeling that mm -hmm. he's going to be able to get it done, and they like him. And the people on the other side of the argument, for the most part, just don't have any faith that, that Tomlin can carry them through. And so they're just, they're just going to stick to that, and they're going to find a reason to justify the way that they feel. And that's not thinking. That's feeling and well, it, fine yeah. i get it that's part of the fun of football it's wonderful yep. but don't come at me with that crap that's weak that's a weak ass argument 
and there are facts to support both of those positions because you know we we know what his record is overall. We know the winning seasons in a row without a losing season. We also know the stumbles at home in the playoffs. We also know losses against teams that are inferior. I mean, there are facts that support both sides. But don't just come and scream that you know you don't like him because of this one thing or you love him because of that one thing. Right. I mean, actually, don't, pos- don't cherry yeah. pick your facts. Yeah. Ah, very yes, perfect. Look term. at all of the facts, yeah, and then absolutely. draw a conclusion. Yeah, and and that's exactly what you got to do, uh, folks. When you're when you're talking Mike Tomlin, there's no doubt about it. Let's uh, let's talk offense here because uh, the the offense, of course, did not um, play great at all on Sunday, but did just enough uh, with a little help from Minka Fitzpatrick and the defense. But um, Mason Rudolph, you know, Ben, you you talked a little bit about afterwards. I, I know uh, you you thought it might have been his best performance. Um, it was. You know, despite statistically it not being, and, and as you and I have been on this earth long enough to know, statistics don't tell the whole story. Um, nope. Why do you think it was a, a solid performance for him? Well, first, what people really need to take in consideration is he had six legitimate drops. Very legit. Now, I've I've read seven and eight, mm-hmm. but... There were a couple of those drops where he threw the ball either way out in front of the receiver or behind him, and the guy got his hands on it. That's not a drop, man. Right. If the ball's on target and it's catchable and the receiver doesn't catch it, even if it's up high and he's got a high point, if it's up there, like that one Juju dropped, it was up high, Yeah. but Juju high pointed it and he got two hands on it and dropped it. That's a drop as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I know it's subjective, but that's where I'm coming from. So six legitimate drops. If you get those back, he has, a, you know, he would have been 28 of 38 on, yeah. on the day. And that's that's a damn good day. As it was, the thing that really impressed me about Mason, because he came out cold, he looked terrible to me mm-hmm. in, initially. Mm-hmm. Um, first pass, he, he laid it right out there for McDonald. It was a perfect throw, and McDonald dropped it. Yep. Uh, the next pass... I thought initially was just kind of an overthrow or he saw one thing and, and I'm sorry, the first pass was Vanette. It wasn't McDonald. Yeah. Um, yeah. The next pass uh, right out of the gate in that drive was um, an out and up to McDonald, which was really well defended. And initially I thought that he overthrew him because McDonald saw one thing and he saw another. It wasn't that when the, corner realized that it was an out and up he just got in front of mcdonald and slowed him down yeah, yeah. that's all it, that's all it was he just boxed he just him got out. in the way yeah. he just got in the yep. way he was just you know and if they really wanted to they could have called him for pi but it was just it was really well played he had mm-hmm. leverage and you know he didn't let mcdonald buy him good for him well played and then the third play obviously was the the snap over over Rudolph's head yeah. that went for a touchdown and we're going, Oh, great. Rudolph's Rudolph looks shaky. This isn't great. This isn't good. But then as the game went on, he seemed to gain more and more recognition mm-hmm. of what the Rams were trying to do on defense. And at the snap, he knew where he was going with the ball and he was whipping it out on three-step drops and he was money and they mm-hmm. weren't always catching it. You know, as I alluded right. to before, right. They, they he did have six legitimate drops in my opinion, 
but he knew where to go with the ball. He wasn't holding on to it, trying to make a decision. Um, in the instances where he did, it was because the, the coverage was there. Yeah, but, which happens. Yeah, yeah. on those quick throws, on those timing routes, he knew where to go. And his recognition, like I said, seemed to improve as the game went on. His pocket presence was getting better. His mechanics were better this week. They're not, they're not perfect yet, but they, they're no. getting better. His, his footwork is still a little off, and I, I wish he'd move a little better in the pocket. But yeah. his pocket presence is getting better. More than anything else, I thought he grew because of the obvious recognition you could see in his game. And and that's not easy to do when uh, Aaron Donald is sitting in your lap on several occasions. Um, I, I I thought he grew in confidence. I, I thought I saw a look in him as the game went on, and it, and it certainly has something to do with what you're you're talking about. When when you come up to the line and and you you already have a really good idea of where you're going with the ball that that has to build your confidence because it tells you that what you've prepped for what you've studied for and, and everything else is starting to pay off and he could have easily easily gone into the tank because of those drops and said geez maybe it's just not my day but he hung in there still you know much like recent weeks still made some really really good throws um, at key points of the game. I, I don't care what anybody says. You know, the call on fourth and one, I, I realize he didn't have to throw the ball very far. That's still a tough throw. You know, you, you're on the move. You've got to make sure you get the ball in front of your, your receiver so he can have the momentum to get the first down. You know, yeah, it, it's a dink and dunk. I, I get it. But it, it's still an impressive play for me from a young guy who is still developing, still learning and everything else. And, and yeah, you know, there, there's things, I mean, he's still got to work on leading receivers. Um, but man, he, he threw some real nice darts over the middle. He, he, you know, he still throws a, a fairly decent deep ball when he, when he needs to, especially along the sideline. And um, I thought his fade route into to Washington was a really nice throw and obviously a, a really good catch there by Washington. So I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think he played very, very well. Um, and again, you can't always look at the stats and just say, well, Jesus percentage was down. Well, <laughs> the drops aside, you, you, you got to look at more than what's going on. And don't forget Jalen Ramsey, not a real bad cornerback either. Um, so, you know, they, they definitely had some, some talent on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I'm good with where he's at. And, you know, now he's going to go up against a Cleveland defense that, that also has some good players on it both uh, in terms of pass rush and in the secondary. So we'll, we'll see exactly where he's going to go. We'll, we'll talk about the Browns here shortly, but um, um, where, where are you with the receiving core right now, Ben? Uh, I mean, Juju, you know, I, I think we've kind of realized that he's not Antonio Brown in terms of ability. Uh, uh, and I think we knew that going in, but right. You know, Deontay Johnson's had some moments. James Washington's had some moments. I, I mean, where 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 where's your confidence level with this crew? Uh, you know, it's mixed. Um, yeah, I think yeah. the receiving core as a whole, and I, I'm I'm including the tight ends in this, had yep. their worst game this last week. Uh, way too many drops. Way way too many yeah. drops, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're out there and the ball gets to you, you have to catch it. You you can't have the, those kinds of mistakes this week. Right. You can't have six drops versus Cleveland 
in a hostile environment and hope to win. They they got to clean that up. Um, they're not doing their quarterback any favors. And, you know, I I recall after one of those bad drops, looking and seeing, as you just talked about this a minute ago, mm-hmm. seeing the look on Mason's face, and he just, he was nonplussed. He was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's go. Get in yeah. here. Huddle up. Let's yeah. go. Call the next play. Move on. And that was encouraging to me too. So I, you know, there's the the old expression that the the passing relationship between the quarterback and the receiver is like a dance. You know, they've got to be mm-hmm. on the same page. And it seems as though that relationship grew some this week, even through some adversity, because the receivers just didn't play all that well. Uh, James Washington, you know, obviously he played better. Yeah. He he uh, he's been a player, and um, you know, uh, Deontay Johnson, really promising, really mm-hmm. really promising. Yep. And Juju is still Juju. I mean, he's not. Yeah, you're right. He's not AB, and he's he's maybe never going to be AB. AB's no. you know really unique. Yep. But Juju's good. He's. Mr. Reliability, he just needs a little bit of help. Um, you know, basically not being double covered would be nice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think, you know, they got to do a little more. And um, I don't have a great deal of faith in Johnny Holton. And I have no faith at all in uh, in Ryan Switzer. I'm sorry. I know he's popular. Just don't have any faith in here as an offensive player. So that's where we're at. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Switzer, by the way, is dealing with a back issue. Uh, Cam Sutton was actually returning some punts today in practice. Um, I, I, I think that's going to be Deontay Johnson's job if Switzer doesn't go. And and right now, I'm guessing he doesn't. Um, but, you know, Switzer is a tremendous individual, great human being. But, uh, you know, look, as a football player, he's a reliable catcher of punts and kickoffs but he's not doing anything in terms of, of getting you field position. Uh, he, he's a one hit goes down type guy. And, you know, I, I think they're going to move on from him at season's end one way or the other. Um, but be that as it may, uh, you know, this, this running back situation too, it looks like James Conner will be back this week and that's going to help significantly. Um, Jalen Samuels did not have a great game this week um, coming off that 13 reception performance. I mean, was it that bad? You know, honestly, well, I, 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 no, I don't think, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry to everybody who thinks that Jalen Samuels is the best running back on this team. He's not, uh, no, he's not. No. He's not a between the tackles running back. He never has been. He's a guy who gets his yards when they run misdirection plays and he can, he can yeah. run wide on the stretch play or on, on misdirection where everything is going one direction and he goes another and catches the defense by surprise or where he has um, guys that are pulling and getting out in front of him and, and mm-hmm. creating some space that way. But he's not a guy that right. is good making his own space and then getting into space, getting to the second no. level. You know, if, no. if you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. You no, know, he's just, he's not that guy. He's not a complete running back. He's a good pass catcher and he's good in space that well it, it, yeah and we have to remember not make a complete running back 
Yeah, and you have to remember too that this guy is is was an H back type in college. I mean, tight end, fullback, you know. So so no, I I don't think he's a natural running back by any stretch. And he did have a drop or two during the game. I think that's probably and you know obviously when you only rush for for two yards, but a lot of those were between the tackles, which he's not great at. Um, he rushed I, I think for more that's, than two. He rushed for a whole twenty nine yards. Oh, I thought it was like I thought he was uh, like no, twelve was, for twenty one. Nah, he was he was fourteen for twenty nine, and oh, okay, and, it wasn't good. And he did, no. yeah, I think he had he had one of those drops. He did. But um, let me let me ask you this real quick, and I I don't understand it. I I mean I I do understand what their thinking was. I guess maybe what I'm saying is I don't agree with it. Why did they go with Matt Filer over BJ Finney and then slide Chooks Akorafor into right tackle? What what was what was the thinking behind that? Well, I asked I asked somebody about that early in the week because I wanted to figure out what was going on. And initially, yeah. it was because Foster wasn't practicing on Wednesday, and they wanted to uh, get Chukes into the mix. I, they just wanted him to practice with the ones because they mm-hmm. they're basically trying to pull him back into the fold. Um, they you know inspire his confidence. So to speak. Yeah, he so hasn't than, had a helmet most of the year. Yeah, yeah, rather than having Derwin Gray play guard because B.J. Finney was playing center for Pouncey on Wednesday, mm-hmm. rather than having Gray do it, they moved Filer over, and then they had Chooks backfill at tackle. Okay, so it's all good. Yeah. And then they yeah. liked the way that Chooks practiced on Wednesday, so they decided, oh, let's just roll with it. And then it kind of, as, long, as the week went along, it just seemed like the right move from from – the standpoint that they've got Aaron Donald coming in and they move him up and down the line. And it was an opportunity to add more size to the line for this game. So they left Filer at guard and, you know, Filer's a very strong player. So it's not a a terrible decision from that standpoint. Uh, And they had Chukes go ahead and start. I didn't think he played all that badly. Uh, He didn't play great. But I don't think he played that badly. I don't know. What were your thoughts? It, it was serviceable, like his start was last year against Denver. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I he he did a very decent job. He wasn't getting his quarterback killed. Um, I I don't think he was great in the run game, but that wasn't really his strength coming out of of college anyway. Um, you know, so I, I think he was fine. I think if you if you got Mike Tomlin and Sean Surrett and, and Randy Feekner in a private moment, they probably are start giggling like, hey, we got away with something here because we, we got Chukes in playing time. We got Filer in there. We we saved the wear and tear on, on Finney. And, and, and if we need him because Pouncey can't go, then we got him at center. And, you know, hey, we won the game. I, I think that's probably what they were looking at. I I just look at at Finney and I look at the record. The guys like the Steelers are like nine and one when he starts, and and he he's a he's a plow horse man. He, and I thought he'd be great against that that defense, but um, clearly they were looking at it. I think more from the aspect of protection, um, which which Finney I think is a little weaker at. Um, right. You know, so I I I under like I said I understood what they were doing. I, I just had trouble whether or not I was really agreeing with it. And and like I said, you got the win, you know, you take it. And I'm, I'm sure this week now, now Pouncey did not practice today. It was, it said not injury related, but right. Um, you know, so that, that means they were obviously shuffling again today, but um, you know, it, it, it's, if they felt confident with it, then, then that's all I can, I can really go on. Um, it, but, but as far as the, what would you think of Tony Brooks, James, I like him uh, from the standpoint that I like his burst. 
Yeah, hard not uh, to I like wish, that. I wish he was a little bigger. Yeah. Um, he seems to be a guy who goes down on first contact, like a lot of smaller players do in the NFL. But I, you know, I I like his burst. Um, yeah. he's not a guy that I would ever want to have to start in there. And no, no. He's a guy I'd rather. I'd really like to see him get out in space and get him the ball that way. I don't know how totally agree how competent he is as a receiver, but I'd like to see him out there, you know, at the second level with the ball in his hands and see what he can do. Uh, yeah, but I, you know, I'm right with I, it. I wasn't uh, I wasn't disappointed. Um, I think that uh, Trey Edmonds needs to get his eyes examined. Oh my lord, that's a hit a hit a hole, man! Hit the hole. Yeah, I I don't. His vision is bad, and it's not like his athleticism is. So I, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the what the deal is there. I um, <laughs> hopefully they can coach him up because when you when you've got offensive linemen turning around with their arms spread like, hey, what the hell are you doing? Right. I just made a hole for you. Where'd you go? You know, you know something's wrong, right? Right. Oh, right. I mean that um, that yeah. That was yeah. the the Colts game, but it even was. this week, I you know there were there were some holes. There were, a couple there were some big holes he could have gone through, and he just he missed them. He went the other way. It's like, I, I, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, I mean that that I, was I a free know. five yards. All you had to do was just go, go, go. Get get the five yards. Fall forward, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we uh, wrap things up, we definitely got to talk a little Browns here. Uh, at three and six, uh, another loss would be very devastating for their playoff hopes mm-hmm. in the AFC. Um, you know, we've got them twice in the next three weeks now, and, and certainly to sweep them would probably, in the words of Ian, be the death knell for Freddie Kitchens. Um and and I think his his fate is already sealed, quite frankly. Anyway, but um, I, I think there's one major key to this game as far as the Steelers' defense against their offense, and I think it's all about Nick Chubb. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you have to. Uh, you got to stop Chubb. You got to plan to stop Chubb, and you got to make Baker beat you because yeah. Baker has not been good. He just hasn't, and you know, um, maybe. Somehow this week he can be better, but I I don't believe him when he says he plays better when he's pissed off because he has not played well. He's thrown a lot of picks. Yeah. He makes a lot of bad decisions. He throws up the desperation heave. I do not understand the guy, uh, but Chubb is a guy who can beat you. And, yeah. uh, you know, on the other side, Garrett is a guy who can beat you. So, yeah, the Steelers got to take this seriously. I mean, it's not it's not a gimme, and nope. it is going to be a very hostile environment, very. So I would expect the Steelers initially to have to survive some kind of onslaught because I expect the mm-hmm. Browns and their fans to be fired up on Thursday. And, it's, their, it's their season. I mean, yeah, they can't it, you know yeah, they can't it, lose. But if if they can withstand that initial onslaught and still be in the game, yep. they can win it. And, you know, the receivers have got to do a better job for Mason. And, yeah, basically the defense has just got to going to have to have some faith in the defensive backfield, which I do right now, incidentally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have a lot of faith in them. Have some faith in the defensive backfield. 
and let the defensive front concentrate on stopping Chubb and go from there. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I I have total confidence that if the Steelers can get any sort of a lead, that that will benefit them significantly because Kitchens will go away from the running game. He'll rely on, on Mayfield, which just falls right into our hands in terms of pass rush. That's not a very good offensive line in Cleveland, nope. especially especially in protection. Um, and, and the way we've been creating turnovers this year, I, I, I think that's kind of the formula there and in offense, as you said, you gotta, you gotta survive the crowd. You gotta survive that initial onslaught that you know is coming. Um, take care of the football. Don't no stupid penalties, that kind of thing. And, and just get yourself through the first quarter. Maybe, maybe you get out of it with a, a three, nothing lead, something like that. And, and you're good. Um, just, just go from there. But, um, and and also, you know, the weather is supposed to be decent for Cleveland. Um, I think mid thirties, partly cloudy with a, a slight breeze. So I, I don't think we're going to have to worry too much about any of the, the the nastiness that sometimes you can get in Cleveland. But um, hey, it's the Browns. This is a team that we've heard about all summer long. They were on the cover of every magazine from one side of the uh, coast to the other. Uh, this was their year, and and it hasn't gone that way. But there's talent there. Um, and if the Steelers are, are not taking them seriously, that talent will expose us. So we, we've got to go in there and, and definitely take care of business. Um, I, I did want to get your thoughts, uh, Ben, before I close up shop here uh, on one other issue. Um, how surprised are you at what the Ravens are doing? Uh, slightly. I mean, we've kind of seen this movie before. Yeah, I you know was Washington Redskins with RG three. We saw it happen before, and then eventually defenses adjusted, and you know they learned his tendencies when he was going to run. Mm-hmm. They learned how to better keep him in the pocket and forced him to use his arm, and he wasn't as effective. And then when he tried to do what he'd been doing previously, he was seriously injured. Um, yeah. I never want to see somebody get seriously injured no, no you know but i kind of wonder if that isn't what's going to happen with jackson if he's playing the game the way he yeah. is right now he's gotta he's gotta become more reliant on his arm than on his legs and yeah. you know he's using his legs and justifying that by saying you know hey if as long as i keep doing this they're gonna be afraid of it of of running hard at me and you know i'll i'm it's easier for me to pass well, yeah, yeah, maybe, but there's a downside to what you're doing too. And like I said, I I think that defensive coordinators of the NFL are a lot smarter than you and I. And Definitely. They figure these things out. And eventually somebody puts something on tape that works, and then everybody copies it, and it shuts it down. And before the end of the season, that's what I expect. Now, conversely – Mm-hmm. I think that the Ravens' defense is pretty damn good. I do Much not think – better than I thought. Yeah, I don't think their linebackers are that impressive. But their defensive line is still pretty good, and their DBs are are pretty good. They really are. So I, yeah. I just think as a yeah. unit, you know, that's one of the things, one of the constants with Baltimore for 10-plus years is yeah, they've, had, they've, they've yeah. had the defense. And if you got the defense – you got a chance, so yeah. No, I, I I'm with you. I I think it's been impressive. I think uh, they they're eventually gonna. Uh, all it takes in football is one play to change a season, and 
Um, he's a big physical kid and, and I just fear that he's going to get, get hit and that's going to be it. And, uh, like, like you, I don't want to see people hurt either, but it just sure seems like he's, he's headed for that. Uh, with that, we'll close up the show. I want to thank 26 shirts.com slash Pittsburgh for sponsoring us as always. And hopefully the Steelers get a, uh, another, another win five in a row. Uh, this one up in the mistake. By the lake for Ben. This is Steel Dad signing off. Steel City Blitz, Steelers Podcast. And hey, go Steelers.